Welcome to the 11th episode of the 1796 Podcast, a monthly podcast that features exclusive interviews and in-depth news about the Tennessee National Guard and the Tennessee Military Department. The 1796 Podcast is produced every month by the Airmen and Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Malone. And I'm Captain Hall. Your co-hosts of the 1796 Podcast. On this episode, we will be recapping some of the amazing leadership advice we have been given by our guests. And of course, we'll brief you on the latest and most important news impacting the Tennessee National Guard in our Tennessee Bluff news segment. On this, the 11th episode, we are going to do something a little different. Captain Hall and I feel really blessed to get to participate in the production of this podcast every month. And we certainly don't do it on our own. There are people behind the scenes or away from the microphones that you don't often get to hear. So today, we're going to introduce you to one of those individuals. Technical Sergeant Ham is our editor and mix engineer and sounding board and brainstorm partner and so much more. And the list goes on and on. That's right. Tech Sergeant Ham, welcome to the microphone of the 1796 podcast. Thank you, Colonel Malone and Captain Hall. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity to be on the podcast with you. The two of you have had some good fortune interviewing some really well-respected, quality, experienced leaders. And not just in the state of Tennessee. I would put them up against any leader in the nation today. And we're going to get to that. But first, I want to ask the two of you some questions uh, about the podcast. So, number one, Colonel Malone, I'll start with you. How how did it come to be? What was the brain? Who whose brainchild was it? Sure, sure. And actually, I may throw it to Captain Hall for that. We we were sitting here at Joint Public Affairs one day, and it came up in conversation. T- t- take and run with it. Sure. So I was the public affairs officer at the 101st Air Refueling Wing in Maine, and they had produced this incredible podcast. And when I transferred back to Tennessee, I wrote out a framework based on what the the incredible work that they had done. Shout out to to Sergeant Sinclair. Um, for his incredible work on that, and Sergeant Duplain and the same, and brought this format to Tennessee and pitched it to Colonel Malone and said, we should do a podcast to make sure that we're delivering dynamic content that is important information to soldiers and airmen and veterans all across the state of Tennessee. And Colonel Malone took it and ran with it, and, uh, and I'm thankful for his leadership to make this possibility. And, and that idea had been in the back of my head. I'm a big podcast fan, so I listen in the car a lot. I'm a geo-bachelor. I live in one city. I work in another city. So I'm in the car quite a bit. So when you said that, I was like, yes, let's do it. So we, uh, we created the very first one back in April 22. We pitched it to our adjutant general. We got permission to press and keep doing it. And that's how it started. And right now we've got listeners from all across the state of Tennessee and, and in, even outside the state of Tennessee mm-hmm. And we hope this has been exactly what we promised it would be, which was an opportunity to to share information and to bring stories about airmen and soldiers across the state and their families to the people who care about them the most, which are fellow National Guardsmen. Absolutely. Great. Great. That's awesome. So next question. What's the significance of 1796? Why, why that title? Well, hopefully our soldiers and airmen know the answer to that, but that is when Tennessee became a state. And so the volunteer state obviously is, uh, is incredibly meaningful for any National Guardsman because of our dual mission. And 1796 is uh, incredibly important because the National Guard is part of the Tennessee story as much as it is anything else. There are dates where uh, people mustered in Tennessee prior to that 
as part of pre-revolutionary war, revolutionary war. But the Tennessee National Guard was codified and became an actual entity in 1796, as Captain Hall said. So that's why we chose that. As the editor of the program, I have put several musical themes in uh, to start the show. Um, And I'd like you to talk about, if you could please, how we landed on this theme that we have now currently and how that came about. Yeah, so a great friend of mine, Mr. Brad Gray, uh, is a musical composer. And I encourage my friends to listen to the podcast. Sometimes I might annoy annoy them doing that but uh so he knew i had a podcast and we we'd talk back and forth about oh maybe i could write you a theme well i just turned 50 last fall and on my 50th birthday he brought me a thumb drive with the music on it as a birthday gift at which and it's great it's perfect and so we uh threw it into the mix as our official theme and i think it works out great It's great. It's, it's a great piece of music and he did a great job with it so Here's a question that you always ask folks when you interview them. Tell me about your path through the Guard. How did you come to be here? Who wants to start? I'll I'll give it a go. So I enlisted in 2012 at the 119th as an intelligence analyst and uh, had the incredible fortune of serving under some great leaders. Um, Actually, uh, you know, at the time, Colonel Franklin was my boss, who then went, went on to become my boss here again at Joint Force Headquarters. The Guard is certainly a small world. Um, had the opportunity to be commissioned in 2016 as a public affairs officer and have been serving in public affairs ever since. I've had the, the opportunity to serve in Tennessee and South Carolina, Maine, and now back in Tennessee, and that's hopefully where I'll stay. So I enlisted in 1990. Uh, I was in the 241st Engineering Installation Squadron. I enlisted as a ground radio equipment communications specialist, um, and I was a drill status guardsman up until 2004. So in that window of time, in 1995, I, I graduated. In 97, I graduated with my, uh, my master's degree and immediately started teaching. And so I taught for about eight years. Uh, in 1999, I received my commission at the Academy of Military Science. In 2004, I deployed to Iraq. While I was deployed, I applied for a job via fax machine uh, full-time in the Guard, and I, I got that job. So uh, I, I worked full-time at the 241st as the detachment commander up until 2016. In 2016, I deployed to Al-Udeed, Qatar. In 2017, I moved to Nashville in the 118th Wing as their executive officer. And then in 2021, I moved over here to Joint Force Headquarters, uh, kind of in a general joint staff position, and then I moved over to Public Affairs shortly after that. Very cool. So, okay, let's change gears for a second. We are talking this month about some of the best leadership advice we've received. I've been digging through some of the archives, and, and I've pulled out some, some things. Uh, you always ask the question, you know, if you, had, if you could give one piece of leadership advice, what would that be? So we've, I've gone through and pulled uh, different segments from, from different people. So we're going to grab three at a time, and I'd like for you all to discuss those how those, how do you see those, how they affect you, and how they affect the military as a whole. The first three are Chief Master Sergeant Ben Williams, CW4 Scarlett Bernier, and Major Chris LaBanca. That sounds great. Let's do it. What's your one great piece of leadership advice that you would give to everybody out there? Um, stay engaged and be responsive. If that, if that can be my overall thing, 
Um, we have to be engaged with our airmen, be engaged with the, with the mission, and be responsive because if stuff is, if things are coming up or, or um, issues are not being addressed, and, and then as, lead, as leaders we fail. So we have to stay engaged and be responsive. I love it, Chief. Stay engaged and be responsive. I got it. I'm on it. What is one bit of leadership advice for our soldiers and airmen and that we hope are listening today that you would give them? Absolutely. Um, I would say that would be to use the benefits that you have today while you're in service to secure a successful tomorrow. And what I mean by that is the federal tuition assistance and state tuition assistance, those things go away the minute that you ETS. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you serve a six-year commitment or a 20-year commitment, while you're serving, utilize every bit of benefit mm -hmm. that the Guard offers you because it's going to help you and your family have a more successful and secure future. What's your best piece of leadership advice to, to those airmen and soldiers out there listening? Sure. Well, gosh, there's so many. One thing is I always believe in learning from not only the, the good leaders you've served under, but also there's some learnings there from maybe not the, the, the greatest ones, right? Sure. So you learn what to do and you, as you shape yourself as a leader and what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. A few things that come to mind for me is um, attitude, uh, work ethic, and then everything else, mm -hmm. right? I'll take a green person that has a positive attitude and is self-motivated over a subject matter expert that has a bad attitude and work ethic, right? One of my favorite quotes, don't send your ducks to Eagle School by John C. Maxwell. You may be familiar with that one. And then I think second to that is, um, we talked, we hit a little bit on this uh, throughout this podcast, but have an agile mindset. Mm -hmm. It's so important. I mean, the agile mind mindset is a thought process, really, that involves understanding, collaborating, learning, and staying flexible to achieve high-performing results. Another quote that I really like is um, from General C.Q. Brown, and it's mm -hmm. accelerate, change, or lose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe fully in that. Yeah. So we got to have an agile mindset. Okay. There are the first three, and speak to each of those if you would. Yeah. So we, we kind of started the way we started the entire podcast, right, with Chief Ben Williams. He was our very first interview. And what how blessed we were to get to start with him. He is amazing. And he talked about staying engaged and being responsive, right? And he is very intent on that low leadership level. And that's where he's talking about, right? That first line leader, that they need to stay engaged with the people that they're leading. And they need to be re be responsive to the people that they're leading. Man, that's great advice. That's exactly what we should do. And I think it's also a direct it's a direct piece of advice for airmen as well, not just those that are leading other airmen and soldiers, but making sure that that you as an individual airman or soldier is staying engaged and being responsive and leading yourself in addition to trying to lead other people. Everybody is a leader. That's exactly you, right. Whether you're in the position or not, there's still people around you that are watching you. That's right. When yeah. I think that, you know, one thing that Major LaBanca said that really struck home is the importance of having an agile mindset. And, and being able to learn from both good and bad leaders, what an incredible piece of advice, because so often we only look towards the good examples, but his advice to also say, hey, take, take lessons from people that you think have made mistakes mm -hmm. and try to learn not to do that. That's, that's something that I think we, we all can take, take heart in. No, absolutely. And sometimes I think we're afraid to say that. Yeah, I had a bad leader, and I definitely learned from it, and we definitely should. The other thing Major LaBanca said that I really loved, he talked about attitude, and he kind of buried it a little bit, attitude and work ethic. 
those are so invaluable. Attitude is everything. I mean, it is so important. And it's one thing you can control about yourself is your attitude and having a positive outlook on the things around you. Another thing I was impressed with, uh, Chief Warrant Officer Bernier, she said, use the benefits you're getting today to ensure success tomorrow. I mean, that's great advice. And it kind of comes back to that, you know, leading the people around you and being aware of what's going on around you. I have been told in my career, and I try to pass this on as well, no one is going to take care of your career the way that you're going to take care of your career. So you you need to look at it, plan it out, look to the future. What can you do? What should you do? What would be good to do? Um, and she says, use those benefits. And Tennessee is incredibly blessed because the, the soldiers and airmen in our state have the opportunity to use things like the Strong Act to further their education. And a lot of places don't have those benefits. So, so her encouragement to make sure that, that people are looking actively at what's available to them is important. Absolutely. The next three are Brigadier General Tommy Cawthon, Sergeant Major Harold Cook, and Chief Master Sergeant Anthony Harvey. Give them a listen. Well, our final question for you, sir, is there's a lot of young airmen and soldiers listening to this podcast who are going to want to hear advice from you, having served almost four decades in the military. What's the, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give the young soldiers and airmen who are listening? Oh, the biggest piece of advice, um, you, you get to serve in the and the Tennessee Air National Guard, you get to serve in, in uh, United States Air Force, uh, the Air National Guard, and it's a privilege. So don't, don't ever forget that. And um, just constantly realize that you're, you're a part of something that's bigger than you are. You know, and um, keep working at it, keep trying to make the organization better. Um, there, there'll be times when you may have or feel like you, maybe you're not contributing, or maybe times that you feel like things aren't going very well. Uh, I would ask people to, I always give people advice to not take a snapshot picture of things and, you know, to kind of look at, uh, look at the bigger picture and realize that, there, that things ebb and flow. You may be kind of at a, uh, a low point right now, but they, things will get better. Just have a little patience and um, that would be the biggest thing, but you're, you're very lucky to be part of something special, uh, get in there and make a difference. That, that would be my advice. Okay, Sergeant Major, for a final question, you have a lot of military experience. What is one piece of advice you would give younger soldiers and airmen who may be listening today? Well, as you join the military, start talking to those privates and the specialists. Uh, you go in and your, your mind is thinking one thing when you might go in. And then you'll get your bumps in the road. And that's when you got your problems after your first enlistment. All right, I'm at a bump in the road. Do I want to stay or do I want to go ahead and just cash out and, and, and be done with the military? Everybody has good experiences and bad experiences. You might have a bad experience right now. That'll change. You know, you might say, well, I don't like this commander or I don't like this first sergeant. Commanders come and go so you might get a good one the next time so my advice to be you know if if it's something that's in your heart if you have a willingness to serve the military is a one good way to serve we're the 0.1 percent of the population so if you want to serve this is the place to be take your bumps in the road it'll get better all the, all the time because i was at that point that's why i got out and then i thought well, i still have a, a need to serve so I wanted to serve. I got my 20 years in. And I says, well, 
I wanted to get my 20 years in. I got my 20 years in. And I said, well, I'll stay in as long as I'm having fun. I'm still having fun. I got 35 years of service. The light's at the end of the tunnel, almost ready to retire. So uh, it's been a very good experience for me. For our younger listeners, for our junior airmen and soldiers that might be listening, what's your one piece of leadership advice for them? My one piece of uh, advice would be take every opportunity that comes to you, whether it be specialized training, a deployment, a special duty assignment, get after it. Cold do weather it. course. Cold weather course. <laughs> yeah, get after it. Go do it. Uh, you miss 100% of the shots you, you don't take. Uh, with that said, I mean, some of my best experience in, in my 25 and a half years being in the Air National Guard has been from deployments, special training, or any kind of special assignment. You know, you meet, you meet new people, you grow your network, get everything out of it, right? The Air National Guard is going to get what they need out of you, but you should probably get everything you want out of it too, right? So let it be mutual. Okay, so what are your thoughts? The first thing that really stuck out to me about General Cawthon's commentary is that it's really important not to just take a snapshot of your military career. That you may be having a, a bad moment in time, but that is not reflective of the entirety of your service in the military. And if, you have, if you're having a bad time or a bad year, don't let that get you down in terms of your longevity of service in the military. I think his, his career is certainly a testimony and his, his family service is certainly a testimony to the power of serving your country and wearing the uniform. And, and I hope that people take heart in, in his experience and be able to use that leadership advice. And Sergeant Major Cook, 35 years of service, he gave almost the same advice, right? So there must be something there. So, yeah, take the bumps when they come. Things may not be so great right now. I think Sergeant Major Cook mentioned the at the end of your first enlistment or, or whatever that is. Yeah, things may not be really, really great right now, but they are probably going to get better and get better in a great way. That's right. Yep. Uh, and and uh, I love what Chief Harvey said about get what you're going to get out of the military because the military is going to get what it's going to get out of you for sure. Especially for drill status guardsmen who, who get so much technical expertise and so much training that is, is very applicable to many civilian career fields. But a lot of times people are not thinking in terms of how the military training can actually benefit their civilian career. So that's that's certainly an encouragement that the, the National Guard provides so many opportunities if you're willing to take advantage of them and willing to make sure that, that you use that training to not only further your military career, but your civilian career as well. And I think that's a strength of the Guard because the flip side is true. A DSG, a drill status guardsman, is bringing to the Guard the experiences they have in their civilian career, which may or may not match up to their military career field. And so they're bringing all those experiences in as well. It's definitely a win-win. What an excellent way to end this segment, sir. Now over to the Tennessee Bluff. In this month's Tennessee Bluff. The Tennessee National Guard is starting 2023 with many new leaders. Brigadier General Warner Ross was sworn in as Tennessee's 77th Adjutant General Saturday, January 21st, following an appointment by Governor Bill Lee. General Ross assumes command from retiring Major General Jeffrey Holmes. Other newly appointed leaders include Colonel Trent Skates, who will serve as the Assistant Adjutant General for the Army, Command Sergeant Major Dale Crockett, a Crossville native, who will serve as the Tennessee Military Department's Senior Enlisted Leader, and Sergeant Major Heath Young, who will serve as the State Command Sergeant Major for the Tennessee Army National Guard. In other news, the Tennessee National Guard provided multifaceted support 
to Governor Bill Lee's inaugural ceremonies in mid-January. Three UH-60 Blackhawk helicopters performed a flyover of the inauguration, while soldiers from the 278th Armored Cavalry Regiment's Fires Squadron performed a 19-gun salute from the state capitol grounds in Nashville. Governor Lee, who is Tennessee's 50th governor, was officially sworn in for his second four-year term, January 21st. And in national news, any full-time service member with a new child is now eligible to take up to 12 weeks of paid parental leave within one year after the birth of the child. The change in the military parental leave program will apply to anyone who had a child, adopted a child, or became a long-term foster parent. The change took effect on December 27, 2022, and applies retroactively. Active Guard and Reserve members and National Guardsmen and Reservists who are on orders of 12 months or more are eligible to participate. That's our bluff for this month. Now back to Sergeant Ham. Thank you, Captain Hall, for that update. Okay, let's get back to it. Here are Brigadier General Warner Ross, Colonel Jason Glass, and Colonel Lee Hartley. Uh, if you were had the opportunity to provide advice and, and counsel to our young airmen and soldiers, what would it be? Be confident. Uh, do, I saw this quote yesterday, and it's not uh, certainly not original to me. I hope I can requote it properly. I, I do the things that I'm afraid of so that I can do the things that I'm afraid of to build my confidence. Uh, there will come a time as you... Or in the military, or actually, regardless whether you're in the military or not, if you're out in the civilian sector and in leadership, and oh by the way, leadership is is I saw this this as well. It's not original to me, but it really struck to me that leadership is not something you give others. It's something that others bestow you the opportunity to do, based off their trust and confidence in 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 you. So. Uh, build your, build your confidence. Do a, do the things that you're afraid of, so that you can do the things that you're afraid of. Tr trust your trust your soldiers. Let them those that you are attempting to lead. Let them uh, have a shot at what you're doing as well. Bring them in on the process. Uh, consensus is not required, but input is. Uh, and let 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 your teams uh, help build you and the organization. So. Uh, that's what I. That's what I would tell tell young folks is uh, give it a try. Yeah, it's certainly. I can only speak from my own personal experience. It's changed my life. It's changed uh, my my wife and my son's lives, and, and it's all for the better. And uh, it's been just such an honor and joy to, to to wear this uniform. Awesome. So you mentioned student flight. Let's say you had a student flight in front in front of you, or any of us for that fact. What's your best piece of advice or leadership advice for us? Well, so one of the things that uh, are a couple of the mottos that, that uh, I have tried to live through in my, my 33 years, uh, one is never ask anybody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Right. Uh, and I truly mean that. I think I've done quite a bit. <laughs> uh, but there, I know there's some things that I haven't done. But I'm always willing to try and lean out there. And uh, I, I believe in leading by example. I believe in actually leading airmen uh, the way we should lead airmen, the way I was brought up when I was enlisted. The second uh, word of advice is, or thing that I would say is, my job is no more important than a senior airman in A1C uh, in the field today. Uh, we just have different jobs and responsibilities, uh, but we are all important. Everybody has a piece of the puzzle. 
uh, and it takes the complete team to make our operations work. And we are, Tennessee is shining in our operational aspects. For our closing question, we like to ask our guests to provide some advice to younger airmen and soldiers who might be listening. So what is one piece of leadership advice that you would give, sir? So I, if I had to boil it down to one, one thing, I, when I was brand new, somebody said, let me give you the key to success. And his one key to success was really three keys to success. He said, know and do your job, know and do your job, know and do your job. Let me break that down for a second, and I'll try and emphasize it differently. He said, number one, you have to know and do your job. So before you, before you start doing something, you've got to learn the skills, the craft. Take the time to invest yourself in what it takes to make yourself an expert at the task that you've been asked to do. All right. The second piece of that was know and do your job. So once you know it, you've got to put action behind that. There are plenty of people that are really, really smart. When you take somebody that's really, really smart or really, really invested and has put the effort into learning their craft, and now they put action behind it to actually do their craft, you're starting to make somebody really, really effective. And, and, it'll set, and I promise you, it will set you apart in a hurry from, from your counterparts and peers around you. And then the last one is know and do your job, right? And so the piece of that that I think is, is really important for someone is it's pretty easy to sit around and Monday, Monday morning quarterback, throw stones, etc. at everything that's going on around you. But if you take a hard look at the mirror and ask, what is it that I'm doing? And you take the ownership of, of the task at hand or the responsibility that you've been given, you put all those three things together, and I can promise you uh, those, are, those are going to lead to success uh, throughout, throughout a, a career. It's the attitude that drives the effort, that puts in the time, that builds the skills, that will win the day uh, when it happens. So excellent stuff there. What do you think? So just so the listeners realize, we know, right? So this we're recording this in February of 2023. When we recorded General Ross, he was the ATAG Army for the state of Tennessee. Right after the podcast, I don't know that we probably had anything to do with that, but right after the podcast, he was named by the governor of Tennessee as Tennessee's adjutant general and has taken that role since then. So uh, what a great piece of advice from him. For sure. And this this could be very well known as the leadership segment of, of advice, given the number of senior leaders that, that offered input here. And one thing that stuck out to me from Colonel Glass was never ask anyone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And that's similar advice that, that I know that we've all heard a version of. But that is such an important thing in the military, because in the military, we are so frequently asked to do something that may not be a direct fit to what our job title is, but it's important for the mission to be complete. And that attitude is something that great leaders exhibit, and that attitude is something that great leaders cultivate. And Colonel Glass certainly certainly uh, emphasized that well. Mm-hmm. And he talked about his job not being any more important than anybody else's. That's right. right. I'm a lieutenant colonel. I got things I got to do, and and may, they may or may not be important. There's no, not a bigger deal than an airman's job when when they've got to do it, or a specialist job, or a private's job. That's exactly right. And and w- one of the things that I loved about Colonel Hartley's advice was the three know and do your job. 
I had never heard anything like that before. And listening to it, I had the privilege of, of interviewing him in person and being able to hear that in person and then being able to listen to it again in preparation for this podcast was a truly an extraordinary piece of leadership advice that, that I'm going to take with me and use with others. And I love the way he summed it up, right? A positive attitude, there, there that is again, right? Putting forth the effort, putting forth the time, building your skills. And when you combine all those things together, you're going to win the day. Oh, that's, that's great. And General Ross's leadership advice certainly played into that as well with, I do the things that I'm afraid of so that I can do the things that I'm afraid of. And what a great example he is set to be courageous to lead and his his career, both in his civilian career as an educator and a leader of a school district and now leading the Tennessee National Guard. He certainly has uh, exhibited throughout his entire career the willingness to, to be courageous and be confident to take on big leadership roles and serve others. And another thing he said kind of reiterated something we've talked about. Everybody's a leader, right? So he said leadership is not something you give. It's something you you get with trust from other people. Again, everybody's a leader. You're, you're making an example no matter what you do. So have that great attitude. Have that great work ethic. And, and he said that uh, consensus is not required, but input is. Again, taking that input from those people around you, being wise enough to listen to the things around you and listen to those smart people around you. Okay. I've got a little surprise. I've been saving this one. This has been in my back pocket. But I want to end this segment with an interview that was done with Captain Jerry Neal. Uh, you interviewed him in the... November Veterans no, Day window. No, November, yes, the Veterans Day, that's correct. Uh, so I want you to listen to what he has to say and then absolutely hear your feedback on this. Here we go. Well, thank you so much again for being here with us. I've got one final question. And this is a tradition when we have a... I often say when we have a seasoned person on our on our podcast, <laughs> oh, I think you qualify. <laughs> what is your best piece of advice for the for the young people and anybody out there that's listening? Love your country, know your country, know what's going on, be involved. Well, Captain Neal, thank you so much for being on the 1796 podcast. We really appreciate you, your service, and your time today. Thank you very much, Colonel. Thank you, sir. So very short, but to the point. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. So let me recap this guy a little bit, right? World War II pilot. He flew on D-Day. He flew over 35 combat missions in B-17s and B-24s in World War II. D-Day was his first mission. He's 101 years old, and you got to hear how sharp he is. Again, an absolute American hero. Yes, so he told us, love your country. Absolutely. Know your country and be involved. I love it. Yeah, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. Captain Neal's generation truly exhibits what it means to be a patriot. And the challenge that, that our generation face, our generations that are living now and serving now face, is to live up to the example that, that the greatest generation set for us. And true servant leadership is what Captain Neal exhibited and what so many others who served in World War II and Korea exhibited. So many of our grandfathers and fathers, uncles, served in these wars and, and exhibited extraordinary leadership in, in the face of some really difficult challenges. And I think there's so much to be learned from, from listening to and, and understanding and actively seeking 
the information about the stories of leadership that, that they went through. Okay, so we heard from all these wonderful leaders and significant personalities, both in and out of the military. What is your advice to the young airmen and soldiers out there listening? Colonel Malone? So, if I may, I'm going to take two. Uh, and some of this we've already talked about. My, my number one is attitude. I'm a fairly positive person anyway, um, but I heard, I was at an awards ceremony. And as each award was given, there were several, each person mentioned attitude, 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 that it's important that the person receiving the award had a great attitude. The next person receiving the award had a great attitude. It was kind of buried. The last person that came up unburied it and said, attitude is not important. It's everything. And I think that's, for me, that's the big one, a positive attitude. It's something you yourself can control, uh, and you can influence other people around you with that. The other thing is the most important job is the one you have right now. Somebody gave me that advice in my past, and it's just stuck with me. It's been an earworm for me, and I have passed that one on many times. You, you can't always control the things around you, but you can control what you're doing right now. If you take care of the job that you are in right now, for example, the next job will take care of itself because you, you did the right things now. You showed yourself to be a leader. You did the right things you're supposed to do. You had the right attitude. You had the right work ethic, so the next things will take care of themselves. And my piece of leadership advice actually comes from a mentor of mine, not in the military, in the civilian world. And, and the advice that he gave me once was the opportunity to do the job that you may have always dreamed of may never come your way. But if it does, you better be ready. And I think the way that applies to the military is there are so many training requirements and so many things that, that the military needs us to do to be able to get that next promotion or get that job. And if we don't take proactive steps to, to get that training and to, to be prepared for the opportunities that may or may not come our way, then, then we're not going to have the, even the option to get that job that we may have always dreamed of. So being prepared to take on that next challenge, to, to be able to f fulfill that career dream is something that, that I think is incredibly important for members of the military to, to be proactive in what they're doing to prepare for the next step. That is excellent advice. I have to say I've been very honored to sit at the same table with the both of you, uh, listening to the advice that you've gleaned from the leadership and also the advice that you've given. It's been interesting and, and just such fun for me, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you both for having me on and allowing me to kind of drive a little bit this well, time. Thank you, Sergeant Ham, because without your expertise in making sure that this podcast is put together properly and, and produced the right way, this is not possible. So we're grateful for your leadership in getting this done. Yes, very appreciative of you and your time. And I've seen you sit there with those headphones on, focused on that computer screen for many hours at a time, and we are very grateful for that. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank a lot of people that make this podcast possible. Several people from the PAO staff that make it possible. I'm not going to call them out. You can look in the liner notes uh, for the podcast. They're down there, and we appreciate every single one of them. For our families that do without us on a drill weekend while we're here doing these things, thank you to them. And to the leadership of the state of Tennessee who allow us to keep doing this. Uh, we kind of created a job for ourselves by, by starting it, So, and I'm very grateful for them to allow us to keep doing it. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the 1796 podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing, sharing this episode with friends and giving us a five-star review. The 1796 podcast is produced every month by the Airmen and Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. 
For more information, please visit www.tn.gov/military.